If you're new to Eternity Church, you might be wondering, why are these people so loud? See, when you've been in Egypt and God brought you out, you understand why people are praising Him so loud right now. When you're the one that was stuck, when you're the one that was broken, when you were the one that was enslaved, in chains, being dictated to what you can do, what you can't do by the enemy, and then you find freedom, you then start to understand why people praise Him so loud. (laughs) Then you start to understand why this song just doesn't end. You think the song's over and it starts again. And you're like, will the song ever end? Nah, do you know why it keeps going? Because this place is full of people that were stuck, that were broken, that were beaten, that were in chains. And God took them by the hand and marched them out into the promised land, amen. You ever had an Egypt? Give me a wave. That's why we praise so loud at Eternity Church. I was saying yesterday, I remember when this guy turned up to church, he was in Egypt. He was broken. He looked broken. Relationship was broken. It's just crazy, wasn't it, mate? Then God grabbed him and brought him. And now he's one of your worship leaders. I won't tell his story. You go, you, you go talk to, you buy him lunch and then ask him to tell you his story. While you're at it, ask him to show you a photo of him from just a couple of years ago. I don't even know. It's a whole different dude. This beautiful young lady here, Valerie, you know, her and her family were in Venezuela until just a couple of years ago. They know what it's like to be in Egypt. They know what it's like to be in captivity. They know what it's like to have God take him by the hand and bring him to freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. They know, you know, don't you, Valerie? God brought her out and then she starts dating this guy's brother, comes to youth, gives her life to Jesus Christ, brings her mum and dad. They give their lives to Jesus Christ. They're probably here now or they'll be here in the next service. Freedom. Freedom, amen. We're not just making hype at Eternity Church. We're not just getting loud for no reason. We've been in Egypt and we're grateful. And He deserves our praise, amen. He deserves our praise. I've got a sermon to preach for you right now. If you could stay standing, we're near to Matthew 14, but um, I've got to get right into it because I've got a heck of a lot of notes, and uh, which is interesting since it's just half of last week's sermon that I didn't finish, and now it's enough to go overtime today. But I'll get the band to stay here until I finish reading the scripture, if that's all right. Um, while you find Matthew 14, 22 to 33, Um, Just a couple of quick things. Welcome to every new person here today. Uh, We're so glad that you're here. Um, um, My name is Jesse. My wife Lauren and I are blessed to be able to pastor this incredible, incredible church. And um, 
Uh, we're just glad that you're here. Uh, you're welcome in this place. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you believe. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what happened last night or this morning. You're welcome in the house of God today. I believe that it's in this place that you will experience freedom, that you'll be set free from addiction, that you'll be set free from anxiety, from depression, from change, that you will be marched out of Egypt into the promised land. I'm just glad that you're here, no matter who you are or what you've done. Uh, we've got a gift for you out in the lobby. Uh, run out these double black doors immediately to your right. There's a team of people waiting to bless you with a gift. Um, and uh, while you're out there, uh, please just let us know if there's anything that we can do to help you and your family right now. Um, obviously, uh, being here helps you. Uh, you're welcome here. Obviously, uh, getting involved in the Word and, and worship, all that's good. Um, but if there's any immediate needs that your family has, would you just let us know? We'd love to be there for you this week and next week and all the weeks afterwards. Amen. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. You ready? Uh, we read this last week, um, but we'll do it again. Uh, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side uh, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves and beaten by the wind. Uh, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Uh, uh, when when the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Um, but Jesus immediately said, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And then Peter got out of the boat. He walked on water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out. And he cried out. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then when they climbed into the boat, the wind, it died down. Then those who were in the boat, they worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Come on, let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to be the kind of people that please you. God, we know that your word says that without faith, it's impossible to please you. So God, we want to be a people of faith. God, help us to believe your word over the world's word. Help us to lift our eyes up above the storms, above the drama, above the world, above the chaos, that we would see your plans in all of this. That God, though you did not do, you did not create the chaos that we find in the world right now, Lord God, but we know that you are actively involved in making sure that all of it works together to bless people that love you. That God, that though mankind may do stupid things, that you can still do good things in the midst of it, Lord God. Not, not just that you can, but that you will and that you do. God, I pray that after people leave this place today, after they leave your house, that they would leave with more faith and more hope and more courage to live an influential life right here where you've called us, right when you've called us. In the name of Jesus, could somebody say Amen? Amen, amen. High five your neighbour. Take your seats. We are going to talk about faith right now. Awesome. Man, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, most of you on this side, literally nobody on that side. 
Like this side was like, yeah, we can feel the anointing. Over this side, they're like, the Holy Spirit just kept moving to that side, right? But uh, it is good to be in church, isn't it? Just awesome, you know? Uh, this, this is a privilege right now. Like this is a privilege right now. You go around the world, there's not a lot of places with the kind of privileges that we have right here in Iowa. And so I hope, <clears throat> I hope that, you, that you give God some thanks for the privilege and the blessing that you have in able, being able to freely meet with other believers without being under threat. Come on. And uh, I know of people in other places of the world that have disconnected brake lights just to be with other people right now. And uh, we really are blessed to be here. Uh, welcome online as well. I assume that those of you online are un able to be here and so we are we are grateful that you joined us online and uh, and uh, and I believe that God can speak to you too uh, online as well uh, but I do absolutely believe that it is way better in the room and so if you can experience just one percent of the favor of God online awesome it's a hundred percent in here <laughs> amen and uh, so come on. Anyway, hey, last week we talked about how to keep the faith in the middle of a storm, right? And uh, was that a good word for you? Yeah, because some of us are in storms, right? Uh, all of us are in a storm because the world seems to be in a storm right now, yeah? And uh, we can keep the faith in the middle of that storm. Now you need to make sure that you're not one of the people who walks up to Jesus and sinks standing right next to him, right? I don't want to be the person that sinks standing next to Jesus, right? But that we can also be in a storm without letting the storm get in us. And that's very important. And at the end of that sermon, we go through a very practical illustration of just one of the ways that you can stop that storm from getting in you. And so if you've already heard the message, go get it, listen to it again, uh, but share it with your friends so that they can uh, be encouraged as well. Uh, by the way, if you want to help Eternity Church spread the good news about what God's doing here and help us get this message of faith, over fear and favor of God to more people, then go to iTunes and Spotify, subscribe to our podcast, and also rate them five stars if you like them. Uh, if you didn't like them, just don't rate them, just move on. <laughs> all right, just, just move on, all right? Come on, marketing genius right here. So anyway, don't you think Peter had an amazing faith? Right? I think Peter had an amazing faith, right? It had its ups, it had its downs. Uh, he, definitely, he definitely had a, a bit of a bipolar faith, you know what I mean? He was kind of, it would peak and then, then, it, would, then it would valley and, and then it would peak and, and then, it, then it would valley. And, but overall, I think Peter had a pretty amazing faith, right? See, he, he, just this story alone, there was a storm in an ocean and in the middle of it all, he looked at Jesus and he said, you say it, I'll do it. He said, you tell me to come, I will come. You tell me to get out of the boat in the middle of the storm, I'll, I'll do it. You, you just say it and God, I will do it. Amen. I, I think that's an incredible kind of faith. Say the word, Jesus, and I'll follow you. See, y'all know following Jesus, it's not about whether or not there's a storm in your life. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? 
See, in life, each and every one of us are going to go through storms. You're either in a storm right now, or or maybe there's one up ahead, or or you've just come out of a storm. But Jesus never promised that we'd have a storm-free life. He never promised that we'd have a trouble-free life. What He did promise us is that He'll never leave us, and He'll never forsake us, and that whether you're in a storm, coming out of a storm, entering a storm, or free of a storm, that He is with you. Amen. That He won't leave you. Someone give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. The question is, in the storm, are we willing to look at Jesus and follow Him like Peter followed Him? Jesus, say it, I'll do it. Right? One important thing to remember from last week that I want to expand on this week, we talked about it a little, this week I want to talk about it a lot, is uh, that you do not need the storm to pass before you can walk on water. You do not need the storm to pass before you can have traction in your life, before you can do something for the Lord in your life, before you can experience God's favour and God's blessing in your life. Amen. That you can walk on water right there in the middle of the storm. And that's a word that I got from God last year for my family and for our church, that we would walk on water water. Amen. It was a word that I got. It was a word for you. It was a word for me. It was a word for our church. It was a word for all the businesses that were owned by people in our church that we would walk on water and we did. It was, we prophesied it, we spoke it and God honoured it. Amen. That, that, that though there are waves and though there are storms and though there is division, every direction that you look, that though there does not seem to be unity in the world and although there's anger and rage and hurt and sickness and oppression and there's fear everywhere, but in the middle of all that, that when people look at Eternity Church, the bride of Christ, they will see that she is walking on the water. Eternity Church is walking on the water in the middle of it all. Amen. That's a word that God gave us. It's a word that came true and is still true today. I believe that in the midst of it all, that even today, see, we all thought the storm was ending, but it seems to be ramping back up, doesn't it, right? In the fourth watch of the night, it seems to be coming back. But in the midst of it all, we will continue to be a church that walks on water. Amen. Come on. That people will see us and be reminded that if our God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen. That if our God is for us, then who could possibly come against us? And then our faith and the favour of God on our church would be a light to the world. Over come. We would be a light to a world that is overcome by fear, that is overcome by chaos. They would see what God's doing in you and they'd see what God's doing in me and they'd glorify the Lord. Amen. Just like when Peter got back in the boat and the disciples said, surely you are the son of God. Amen. After you walk on water, people's lives are transformed. Amen. See, I believe that they will say that about a church, but I believe that the world will see that in you as well. When they look at your business, that they would ask, how is it that your business grew? How is it that your income increased? How is it that your business thrived last year and continues to thrive even now? 
Man, I pray that when people ask questions like that, that you would be so bold to give a testimony, to give a reason for the faith that you have, that you would be willing to stand up with a loud voice and declare that I'm walking on the water because I got faith in Jesus Christ. I'm walking on the water because I honour the Word of God in my life, because I put God first, because I live in faith over fear. Amen. And you can walk on water too. Amen. Hey, by the way, can I tell you right now, business leaders in the church, I've had it on my heart for a couple of weeks to tell you this. I'm going to tell you now. If you want me to come and pray for your business, I'll do it this week. Jenna will figure it out. I will come and I will pray for your business this week. Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, at myeternitydm.com. All right, you go email her today. I will come and I will pray and I will declare over your business that we're going to walk on water. Amen. But listen to me. If you want me to come and pray for your business, you better make sure that you're willing to honour God in your business. Amen. Come on. Someone praise God because I believe that that'll transform your business's whole thing. The next word didn't come out. I believe that not only will they see it in your business, but you're not all business owners. They'll see it in your family. I'll see it in your family too. That people will look at your family and be like, man, they ain't even just floating. They're not just staying above the water. How is it that you're walking on water? How is it that your family's taking ground in the middle of a... How how are you healthier at the end of a health crisis? How are you stronger when the world got weaker? How is it that your marriage is better when everybody's getting divorced? Come on. How is it that you closed gaps? How is it that you took ground? How is it that you thrived in the middle of a worldwide storm? And I pray and I hope that you would turn around and say, because I'm a water walker, baby. Because I got faith. Because I put God forth. Because I honoured the Lord in my life. And I've been walking on water ever since. Amen. Come on, don't, don't just have a testimony. Share a testimony. Amen. You're a water walker. Come on. Or let me say it how you understand it. You're a water walker. Come on, touch a neighbour and prophesy over them and say, you can walk on water. You notice I didn't just say then touch a neighbour and say, I said touch a neighbour and prophesy. Speak life into that person sitting next to you. Tell them right now in the name of Jesus Christ, you are a water walker. Come on. Have I got some water walking Christians in the room today? Give me a wave. Come on. I believe and I declare in the name of Jesus, you're going to keep walking on water. He ain't done yet. Amen. I can't say it loud enough. I can't say it often enough. I hope you believe it, church. You can walk on water in the middle of a storm. You can walk on water. Somebody in the room right now, one of the new people. Oh my gosh, is this one of those faith churches? Heck yeah, it's a faith church. Yeah, because without faith, it ain't even possible to please God. Oh, you can't say that. Yeah, I can, because that's what Jesus said. Come on. Come on, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I don't want to be the person sitting there going, God, are you happy with me hiding in my boat? Come on. No, 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 no. We're a faith church. We're going to walk on water next year as well. Amen. Man, I hope you believe it. I hope you can amen that in your life. I hope you have enough faith to declare it, church. 
I hope I'm not just a noise, a resounding gong to you. Come on, I hope that you walk out of here with your head out up, declaring in the name of Jesus that our family is done sinking. We are water walkers. I hope there's some men of God in the room that are sick of the devil attacking their families, that are sick of sinking and start making a declaration over their wives, over their kids, over their families, even over their dogs, saying, hey, we're done sinking. We're water walkers in the name of Jesus. Amen. We need some men of God to stand up and start prophesying over their families. Amen. I want to share a little faith testimony with you. Would that be all right? But first I need to share a little lack of faith testimony with you, if that's all right. Okay. Fit it all together in a second. But I actually had a moment last year where I was afraid of what a blessed church would look like to a depressed world. Do you know what I mean? You know that moment where you're like, you're blessed and, the pe- and your next door neighbor's not and, and, and you, 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 you're like a little bit like, do I need to hide this, you know? Like I need to put this light under, under a bowl, under the bed. I need, to, I need to turn the light off so people don't see that, that while they're all hurting, I'm thriving. Because people do tend to have a, oh, oh, you, like, look at, look what they do to Bezos right now, you know, like, and I'm not pro Bezos, don't worry, you know, uh, 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 you know, people are like, oh my gosh, no, 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 here's the thing, he, he thrived last year, he, he didn't make you buy stuff on Amazon, you chose to, right, like, Bezos wasn't like, yo, if, if you don't buy something on Amazon, I'm gonna shoot you in the head, no, that did not happen, right, you shopped on Amazon, he got richer for it, come on, and everybody's like, oh, he's thriving, and we're all hurting, well, you shopped on Amazon. You hear what I'm saying? And so the world is very, in Australia, it's called tall poppy syndrome. If you stand up, they're going to cut you down, so bring you back down to their level because they can't handle someone being better than they are because it makes them have to face the reality that maybe you didn't work hard. And so I'm like, all right, last year, I'm like, man, Everybody losing jobs and stuff. And I got a sense that we're going to walk on water. Uh, I didn't just get a sense. I started to experience it. And and I thought, man, what if people in the world get mad as they see people losing jobs, businesses closing, people struggling, but then they see a church that's living in blessing. They judge the church. They try to pull the church down. They try to tear it down. They'd They'd say things like, oh, typical church rolling in the cash while everybody's struggling. Church just wants your money. You know, all the typical garbage that people say about about a church that's living in blessing. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I'm like, mm, I'm a little, ooh, we, we maybe, maybe we shouldn't talk about it too. Maybe we shouldn't promote it too much. Maybe we should just maybe put a, a, a cover over the testimony. But then I realized something that I was momentarily afraid of having to explain something that's actually a testimony of God's word being true. Of God being faithful. That instead of being afraid to talk about it, we should be excited to share the testimony. That if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life and your follower is cool, you can walk on water too. So with that in mind, let me share a testimony with you. You ready? Yes, while many people struggled, Eternity Church was blessed. We had a moment and then we faced our way out of that moment. In the last 12 months, we've seen souls saved every week without fail. When we were online only, it was like one a week because online only sucks. Completely sucks. 
and you know, there was a rumor going around last year that I might be shutting down online. And I'm like, that's not even true. Well, now that rumor's real in my head. I'm like, I, I, I just, maybe I'll do, we'll just do one service a week. I don't know. Just said that out there and the tech team are like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, all I know is online, it, 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 ain't, it ain't where it's at. Can I tell you right now, where two or more are online, there are, no, it doesn't say that. That's a load of garbage. All right? It's not a thing, okay? And you better believe that Jesus can minister to people from a distance, right? There are, there's even stories in the Bible of, of a handkerchief being blessed and taken to a sick person, then being healed. And it happened from a distance, but still God's like, get together. When we were online, we saw like one soul saved a week. And if you care about winning souls more than whether or not you uh, get, a, get, get sick, which I care more about it than that, then we should say, let's get together. Because since we got together, we saw 10, 20, 30 souls every week saved. Some weeks it's 10, some weeks it's 30. That's it. That's it. Come on. I'm preaching to the choir. Because I know that everyone online right now, they were just sick and couldn't come. Can I, tell, can I be so bold to say if you're sick, I'll still lay hands on the sick and pray and believe that you'll be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I've read my Bible. Amen. Shall I move on and keep going? <clears throat> Come on. You know, we, we, in, in the last 12 months, we've seen hundreds of new people. Some of you, hands up right now if you're new to this church since the pandemic. Give me a wave right now. Just wave at us. Now look around the room. That's just one service. Mm-hmm. We've started new ministries. One of them was the food bank. And we continue even now to feed hundreds of families every single week. We actually had to hire up and ramp up our staffing and we actually have uh, more staff now than we did at the beginning of the pandemic because we weren't going to wait for the storm to end. We were going to take the steps of faith right now. Amen. <laughs> and listen to this. One of the staff members that we hired was hired to oversee new campuses. Now you might be like, wait, what new campuses? Faith, baby. Why? Let me tell you a story again. We're going to back up to the start of last year. The start of last year, I prayed a prayer. I was at the point where, honestly, I didn't know what was next. You know, you're, I'm a young guy, you know, and I'm a young leader, and I planted this church when I was like, I don't know, 29 or something, you know, like I was just a dopey little kid, you know. And um, if you're 29, I'm sure you're not a dopey little kid, but I was, you know. And I didn't know what I'm doing. God just blessed it. Do you know what I mean? And, and, then, and, then, and then I started talking to leaders and, and pastors all around the world. I'm saying, help me figure out what to do with this thing, you know? And, uh, and, I, just kept, and I just kept asking them and they'd give me good advice. And, and, you know, but I got to a point at the start of last year where I was like, God, I don't even know what you want me to do next. Because I don't know how to, how to manage this. There's, there's not a ton of, look, like we got a little bit of growth left in this service. We could maybe add 50, 60 more people to this service, but, but not a lot more than that. Do you know? and, and so God, what do you want to do next? How, how do we keep uh, allowing what you're doing? How do we, or even just get out of the way so you can, God, what do you want us to do? And I, I knew that God had called us to have multiple campuses. We'd heard that very clearly when we acquired the, the property in Adele. We knew that, but I was starting to think that, God, maybe what we need to do, because I don't have the faith yet to believe for millions of dollars to build a whole new auditorium at the front of Clive. So maybe, 
maybe what, what, what you want us to do is to, to plant campuses around the Des Moines metro and, and maybe we'd be a little bit like hope and we'd have like a, a west one and a, and a north one and a, and a south one and an east one and a downtown. Maybe, maybe that's what God wants to do. And, and so I, I said, God, I, I don't know though. And, and, and when you're the leader and everybody's saying, what's next? And you're like, ah! <laughs> Staff going, Jesse, what's now? I'm like, yeah. You pray and tell me, you know? And I, and I started to get a little stressed by that because I'm like, oh God, I don't know what's next. I don't know how to keep managing this. And so I, I prayed a prayer. I was asking God, God, do we start more campuses around the metro? Spread it out a little. Or do we plant Eternity Church campuses around the state further away and in the metro just focus all of our energy in Clive? And just keep growing in Clive and just expand the Clive campus and, and with one big spirit-filled hub in the middle of the state. And so I'm like, God, oh, which one? they both seem like just phenomenal ideas. And I prayed a pretty bold prayer because I knew it was campuses and so I knew it had to be one of these. And I'm like, Father, if you want us to have more Des Moines campuses around the metro, like downtown, like on the east side, like Ankeny, uh, you know, let me know by giving us free buildings in those areas. It's a good prayer. Stick around long enough, you know I'm a faith guy, all right? Like if I'm going to ask him, I'm going to, like, hey, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, all right? You can sit there and ask him for a P, I'm going to ask him for a building, all right? Come on. Like my whole life, the whole story of me growing up in a trailer park, coming here, pastoring a church, faith. Faith. Faith and obedience. Come on. Faith, reckless faith, reckless obedience. Put them together. That's a story of success. Amen. Come on. But listen, and I went on, I went on. And I'm like, but God, if you want us to have one large, strong, influential metro campus right there in Clive and just keep expanding that. And if you want us to do that and have as well just smaller campuses around the state of Iowa, well, give us buildings around the state of Iowa. Right? I'm like, so either way, God, you give us a building out there or give us a building here. And we'll figure it out, right? Either way, we're getting a free building from the Lord. Come on. From the guy who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Come on. Hands up if you know what I'm talking about when you just pray bold faith prayers, yeah? Can I tell you he answered? You know people, they, they, then sometimes they say this. They go, he answered, but not how I expected. No, he answered that prayer. And he was... Very clear. In fact, I don't even know if, I, if he's ever been clearer. Can I tell you, in the last 12 months, on top of what we already owned, Eternity Church was gifted three debt-free buildings. Three. Three. That ain't a, oh, I wonder what God was saying. Oh, I wonder, did God hear my prayer? No, 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 that's, the, that's not a, oh, it's a coincidence. You think three debt-free building, you ever get given a building? This ain't no coincidence, come on. Three, three, one, two, 
Three debt-free buildings? That's God answering the prayer. Where were they, did somebody ask? All around the state of Iowa. Not in the metro. All right, you were clear. Not here, not around the metro. God wants Clive to grow and expand. Hey, the world says don't do large gatherings. Well, guess what? We're going to have to build out there. It's going to be even bigger, all right? Like there are going to be a lot of people gathering together right here in Clive, even when the world says that gatherings aren't good, right? I guess that's his plan. And then... So you're going to see, we already owned the property in Adel, which we were given for free too, by the way. No, God didn't give us one in Waukee, but in Adel, four free buildings given to Eternity Church that we could advance the kingdom of God in Iowa. Amen. So we already owned Adel. We got given another three. So in the next few months, listen up. We In the next few months, we are launching our Adel campus. So stay tuned for more news on that. Come on. We are also, though, around the same time, going to launch an Audubon campus. Hello. <laughs> there it is. It'll be grey by the time we launch. Because that's the Eternity Church way. Come on. Gray is the way. All right. Come on. And then, and then, and then Old Wine right here. We are launching Old Wine Campus as well. Sometime mid next year, God willing, sooner would be great. And, uh, but listen, all of these places already have people that are excited to partner with us to bring the faith and the hope that overflows out of this room into their cities. Come on. Because... Because even in the storms, people who have a little bit of faith will walk on water. Walk on water. Come on, shut down, be quiet, sit down. No, no, no. We're going to walk on water. We're going to dance on the water. We're going to run on the water. Come on. We're taking ground and advancing the kingdom of God. And the best is yet to come. There is a third building that we'll tell you about later because honestly, it's like a midgety little building and we don't even know how to use it, but we were like, give it to us, we'll figure it out. And we will figure it out, won't we? I'd say God had a pretty clear answer, wouldn't you? So one of the new staff positions is Pastor Rob Sark, who many of you know. And he is overseeing the launch of each and every one of those campuses. And you know what I love about Pastor Rob? He was a man sent by God at the right time for the right reason. He used to, he used to oversee a whole bunch of Target campuses. That, and you know what I love about Target? They have multiple departments, just like a church. And they're in multiple different places. And they all got to be the same heart and the same spirit. And that's just exactly what we need here. Amen. So come on. There are other churches that want to join us and, uh, and it's exciting. But, but I tell you what, the, here's the crazy thing, thing though. <clears throat> oh, by the way, let me tell you this first, you know, being always ever mindful of making sure that we can do it. Um, not one of those buildings came with cash. Just an asset that needs cash pumped into it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to have to continue to partner together financially to see these places experience a move of God. Amen. But what I love is that as you take steps of faith financially here, it's not just about Iowa. It's not just about Des Moines. 
It's about a move of God in Iowa. Amen. It's about God moving all over this beautiful state of Iowa. Amen. And so we got to make sure that Clive, that home base stays strong. You got to understand, Clive has to stay strong, all right? We got to keep bringing our mates to church. If you haven't invited someone in the last uh, six hours, you're running late. Time to invite someone to church. Come on. We got to continue to grow in our faith together and individually, passionately worshiping God, sacrificially serving God at church as often as we can, continually praying so that, out, so that it is out of an overflow that, uh, of what God's doing here that every other campus and every other city is blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why did I share this all with you today when I was going to share it all in November? And in November, we will talk about our plans to, uh, to expand this campus because who knows, we don't want to get to two years and need it and not have what we need to do it. Come on, we want to plan ahead, amen. But, but I shared this story with you because a little bit of faith, you can walk on water. See, here's the thing. If a church, that is by definition a gathering, do not forsake the gathering, <laughs> the Bible, right, the, the gathering of the believers. If a church that is by definition a gathering and our church a fairly large gathering, if we can walk on water in a year where gatherings are considered a terrible, very bad idea by most of the world, then you can walk on water too. Seriously, think about it. A church is a gathering of believers. Do not gather. You hear what I'm saying? So if we can walk on water then, you can too. Praise God. Amen. Are you excited about what God's doing here? I just love it. I, I just believe with all my heart that the best is yet to come. Amen. That the best, and I'm not just talking about you all, I'm talking about as a church, that the best is yet to come, amen. God ain't done with us yet, amen. We got another 20 years with me as the lead pastor, so buckle up. Now, I've spent a lot of time these last couple of weeks talking about walking on water in the middle of storms. How you don't need the storm to end to walk on water. We didn't need the world to change their opinion on gatherings for our church to gather. But what I want you to know that it is not God's desire that you would live in a perpetual storm. So if you're here and you're in a storm, I want you to know that while you can walk on water, God's plan is for the storm to die. God's plan is for you to outlast the storm. God's plan is that the storm would end, but before it did, that it made you better. Amen. It is not God's plan for you to live in a storm for your whole life. And the text says, when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Jesus wants to calm the storm in you. Jesus wants to calm the storm that you're in. <clears throat> the thing about this story that I find really interesting and in most stories in the word of God when you find someone in a metaphorical storm or a literal storm what you what you often find is the storm isn't calmed until after you've had a little faith and after Peter walked on water the storm was calmed Peter got in the boat what I love is that Peter's miracle that Peter's faith sorry gave faith to the people in the boat 
that Peter's faith blessed the people in the boat. That if we could obey God, the people around us might find their storms die too. We talked about that a few weeks ago, didn't we? That what's happening in here is changing the atmosphere out there, amen? But here's the thing. Too many people follow Jesus if there's no storm. Too many people want to walk over to Jesus if he makes this thing go away. I'll plant a church if the situation around me lines up perfectly. Too many of us seem to have the sort of faith that says, God, get rid of the storm, then I'll obey your word. And God's saying, obey my word, I'll get rid of the storm. <laughs> Come on. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, oh, oh no, they didn't have that kind of faith. No, 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 no. No, what do you think would have happened if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't know who they are, they're, they're three dudes. King Neb, he said, every, I made a statue of myself. I want everybody to bow down to this statue of me. And if you don't, I'm going to throw you into a fire furnace alive and you'll burn to death, right? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, can you imagine what would have happened if they said this? Our God will save us. But while we wait, we'll just, we'll just assume the position. And we'll just bow down while we wait. Hey, Nab. Too many people want to live like that. Oh, I believe that God will end the storm. But while I wait, I'm going to make sure I don't stand out. While I wait, I'm going to make sure that, that I don't rock the boat. They're like, God's going to do a miracle. King Neb's going to change his mind soon. Maybe in a couple of years, he'll stop throwing people into fiery furnaces for refusing to bow down. So let's wait for this storm to pass and then we'll stand up. Kind of like churches that were like telling churches in China to meet for 50 years. It's illegal to meet but you should meet until they're told not to meet. Obey the authorities. Right? Right? It's harsh, but it's true. No, no, no. They were like, mm, fires suck. But God will remain faithful to me no matter what. So God, we will stand up for you will not bow down to anyone but God. And even under threat of being thrown in the fiery furnace, they say, you can throw us in the fire if you wish, because our God will save us. Our God will save. But even if he does not, we won't bow down. <laughs> I'm waiting for the storm to end. But while I wait, I'm going to walk on water. Amen. I love their faith. I love Peter's faith. I'm walking on water. He walked on water without even mentioning it to Jesus. If you've heard from God, but you've been waiting for the world to line up with God's instructions, you are going to be waiting a very long time. You're going to be waiting a really, really long time. If I could be so bold to talk about some friends of mine who sold a dealership in a pandemic and bought another one. Can I tell you, that's the dumbest idea ever. Sorry, guys. It just is a stupid idea. It is. What? You couldn't even get cars last year. You're going to obey God now or when the storm's over? Come on. You hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> Come on, I'll take this step of faith after the storm disappears. I'll start my new job after the storm. I'll start tithing after the storm. I'll pray for healing after the doctor tells me what's going on. Come on, Christians. 
If you want the storm to stop, you're going to have to have faith in the middle of it. People who wait for storms to pass, they never have traction in their lives. Those, those people never have tractions in their lives at all. <clears throat> Fair weather Christians, they never experience favor and blessing. They just bury it in the ground and wait for the master to come back and hope he's okay with a buried treasure. Storms are going to move out of your way. But even while you wait, you can walk on water. See, you're going to get healed. But while you wait, you can walk on water. <clears throat> you're going to win that court case. But while you wait, you don't need to stop taking ground. You don't need to hit pause in your life. Come on. You're going to see your marriage healed. But while you wait, come on, while, you wait, while your marriage isn't healed, what are you doing? Are you just going to hide and hope that it gets better? Or are you going to say, God, tell me what to do right now. I'll do it. I know my marriage still sucks, but God, tell me what to do right now and I'll do it. What do you want me to do? What other miracles do we need to see? I'm going to overcome this anxiety. But while I wait, I'm going to see a financial miracle. But while I wait, I'm going to see my children saved. But even while I wait, church, I believe we are going to see this country turn back to Jesus. <clears throat> we are going to see this country turn back to Jesus. But we're not waiting before we stand up. Come on. We're not waiting before we speak up. No, 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 no. We're going to see this country turn back to Jesus. But while we wait, we're going to walk on water. For our family, we are going to see our family in Australia again one day. But while we wait, we're not going to sit there and just be, oh my gosh. No, we're going to get out of the boat and walk. Maybe you're waiting for a promotion. Well, you're going to get that promotion one day. If you do something while you wait. But if you sit there and just be like, I'm waiting for the promotion. Oh, nobody values me. Nobody, that's probably true. People don't tend to value the person who says nobody values me. They tend to value the people who say, I'm going to be valuable while I wait. You will see the miracle if you're faithful while you wait. I have a good Christian friend who was overweight and God really convicted them that they need to lose weight and be a better steward of their body. And listen to me, if, if, if you feel similar to this, this is not a sermon to make you feel bad. This is one person's story of God convicting them, okay? All right? And uh, by the way, in March, I forgot again, it is March. Aaron, John, March. Man, I said it last night and I forgot then too. March, in March last year, Mar nope, in March next year, we are going to preach a sermon series called Live Long and Prosper because I like Star Trek. And, um, and it's going to be, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Some people in the crowd did that to me first. That was awesome. Um, but it's going to be about, uh, about health. Health in your body, health in your spirit, health in your mind. And um, we want to talk about mental health. We want to talk about physical health. These are things that are important. And last year told us that churches need to preach the whole truth. Because God does want you to live long and prosper. <laughs> like He actually does. It's his, that's His plan for you. He's a good God. 
And so we're going to talk about how to, that, how to do that, okay? Um, and so there are some great spiritual keys that will help you with some of these physical dramas that you've been having. And we want to dig into the Word of God and, and find what we can do together. This is one of my friend's stories about that. And at this time, they also really needed <clears throat> a surgery to fix their back. But the surgeon, surgery was going to be over a year until it was possible. Again, we're really blessed in the United States. <clears throat> but while they waited... They couldn't do any strenuous exercise because of this surgery they required in their back. And, but they didn't want to wait for the pain to pass before they started obeying what they were certain was a word from God in their lives. Too many people are like, oh, God wants me to. Oh, but. God very rarely says, in three years at six o'clock, I want you to do this. It's usually do this. Right? To do, do this. He, he very, very rarely tells me, all right, in five years, Jesse, this is what you need to do. Don't tell him, no, 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 now. So this person, they're like, all right, I need to obey this word from God. So they just thought, well, I can't exercise. <clears throat> I can't lift weights. I can't do those things. But what I can do is I can start eating less. So they started just eating less. And then they started thinking, well, I can add healthier things into my diet. So they, they did that. They couldn't do strenuous activity, but they thought, well, I can walk a little bit. You know, I can go for a little walk. What I love about them is they did all of this in the middle of the storm while their back still hurt, waiting for the surgery. A funny thing happened. As you'd expect, as the months wore on, they're able to walk a little further. After that, they're able to walk a little further again. The weight is starting to fall off them. And well, fall off is the wrong word. Starting to come off them slowly. And they're walking further and they're walking further and they're walking further and further and further. They're doing this. They're obeying God while they wait. They're having faith while they wait. Eventually, one day they realized it's been quite a while since my back hurt. Man, it's been a while since I've had any pain. They thought... I might try and run, but not crazy. So they would walk for a while and then they'd run for a tiny little bit. Then they'd walk for a while and run for a tiny little bit. They might walk for two minutes and run for 15 seconds. And then after a while, they were <clears throat> running for a minute and walking for a minute, running for a minute and walking for a minute. Then after a while, they're running for two minutes and walking for a minute. And they just kept getting stronger and healthier and fitter and better and better and better. They did all of this while they wait. When the time for the surgery came, the doctor said, you don't need surgery. Your back doesn't hurt. <clears throat> this isn't giving you any drama. If we were to do a surgery, it's riskier than you just living life right now. You don't need it. Just don't do 400 pound deadlifts and you'll be all right, right? See, listen, here's what's real cool. Walking on the water ended the storm. Instead of waiting for the storm to pass, God wants you to have faith right now in the middle of the storm. Obey Him now in the middle of Jesus. Tell me what to do now. Oh, I know the storm's going to end and, 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 and we're, 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 we're prophesying that in the name of Jesus. Storm will end. But God, what do you want me to do right now? 
And who knows, maybe the thing he's telling you to do is the very thing that's going to move your mountain out of the way. Can I, have, can I have some faith people just stand up right now as we begin to close the service? I want to ask you a serious question. I'm not going to do the heads bowed, eyes closed thing. I just want to ask you right now is to lift up your hand if you're in a storm. Just lift up your hand. There's a storm in your life. You know, you're in a storm. There's things battling around you. Awesome. Lift it up nice and high and wave it at me for me. Awesome. You can put your hand down. You've said you're in a storm. So the question is this. What are you doing now while the storm is raging? Are you bowing down? Are you hiding in the boat? Let Peter go out there. You know, are you just waiting for the storm to pass? Are you hiding in the basement? Or are you like Peter saying, well, tell me to come and I'll come. Tell me to go and I'll go. What are you doing? Are you doing anything while you wait? Or are you hiding? Well, Pastor Jesse, you don't know my storm. You don't know what I'm going through. And you know what? You're right. I don't know your storm. And I probably would never understand it because I've probably not been in yours but I do know my Bible. I know my Bible. My Bible tells me that if you're willing to get out of the boat and walk on water right now, then God will command your storm to stop. It will happen. Your storm will die. Can you know what? Can I be honest with you right now anyway? I'd rather be Peter and even if he did sink all the way, all the way, even if that happened, I'd rather be Peter and die 20 meters from the boat than live stuck in the boat. I'm just saying. I'd rather die having walked on water than floating in a boat for the rest of my life. Honest, right? Like, you know, I'm like, you know what? God, let's go. Get out of the boat. Boom. Walk on water and then die and be like, walked on water, suckers on my way down. That's how I want to go out. Thank you very much. I'd rather die having had faith, having walked on water than live hiding in a boat. I'd rather live a short life advancing the kingdom of God than a long, safe life that buries the gift of God in the sand. Come on. I ain't going to live my life with a helmet on. Thank you very much. I ain't a helmet-wearing Christian. But here's the good news. Just like we'll talk about in March, way more. Those who are faithful to the Lord experience His favour and blessing. And I believe that you'll live a longer life in obedience to God than in disobedience to God. There's an old saying that the safest place is the centre of God's will. And if the centre of God's will for your life is in the middle of a storm at this point, then that's where you're safest. 
the safest place you'll find yourself is obeying God, even if it's in the middle of a storm. Amen. I want to pray for you. If you're in a storm and God is speaking to you right now, I want you to just come down the front right now. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit MyEternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.